DJ and PK brought to you in part by Action Plumbing, Heating, and Electrical. Spring into action now. Mention this ad and receive $33 off any service. Call Action Plumbing, Heating, and Electrical today at 801-833-3333. That's 801-833-3333. Time now to welcome in our college football insider, Riley Jensen. Joining us. On the T-Mobile special guest line, T-Mobile and Sprint are coming together to build the best wireless company around. Visit T-Mobile.com for online services and local store availability. Riley, good morning. Good morning, fellas. What's going on? College football is on the horizon. And I'm curious, you know, with the BYU practices closed and the other teams in the state not playing, if you're not feeling the football vibe, maybe you're disoriented because the Jazz playoffs just ended, so it's not time yet on your sporting calendar, and 2020's got you all turned around. Or you feel like you know a lot about BYU, you're looking forward to this game to see if it confirms everything you know, and you're dialed in. I would say I, I, have, I have one word for this, 2020. Hmm. I'm, I'm disoriented, I'm confused, I'm still reeling from a Jazz loss. And I I don't know what what I want to know about BYU, and I don't know about Navy. It feels it just feels so weird, right? Like normally we'd be right in the thick of football season, we'd be right in the middle of knowing a lot, um, thinking we know a lot, and and waiting to see a little bit. So I'm I'm really really interested to watch BYU play this weekend, and I want to see. How, how this team has come together. I think that this has been an exercise in in mental toughness for everyone, coaches, players, all that kind of stuff. It's very difficult. Um, I, mean, I mean, think about think about BYU, who was planning on playing University of Utah first game of the year. Then the schedule changes, and now it's even possible that there could be more games added to the season as they're going along. So I, it's it's different than it's ever been. And I'm interested to see. It takes a mature group to be able to handle this. And I think BYU has a mature group. It'll just be interesting to see how they react. You know, as a lover of all things at BYU that I am, it's not very difficult for me to just turn my attention to BYU since they're the only team playing. But you, being a longtime BYU hater, are you going to be able to do that? (laughs) You're totally right. You're totally right. I've been I've been a, a very bitter non-supporter of BYU for a long time, and I just I, I don't know. I don't even know if I'm going to watch. So you're right. You're right. No, I I have no problem. I, I think one of the things that's fun for me being involved with Mountain West Elite is there's so many players that I've seen come through the program. There's so many so many kids that I've seen that I feel connected to their families. And I think that's what makes football really fun is when you feel connected to programs. So, I mean, Isaiah Kafusi's dad, he, he works with me at Mountain West Elite Football, and I've had him come and speak to the kids. I mean, he's just a fantastic, fantastic human being. Um, Zach Wilson I worked with um, both as a quarterback coach at Mountain West Elite. Uh, I know his dad. I talk to his dad all the time. Um, to see these kids come through, and then watch them play on the next level is really fun. So I feel a connection to every program in the state because kids are coming in and then going there. Um, it doesn't mean I'm best friends with them, but it gives you a little bit of a connection. And I think football, I think basketball, I think any sport that you're watching, when you feel a little bit of a connection to the players, it's really fun to watch. Riley Jensen join us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Our question of the morning 
Who would have won that BYU Utah game that should be played, but is not? Boy, but you know that's that's a hard that's a hard prediction to make. Only only in a sense that as as dominant as Utah has been in the series, the games have been so close, and I feel like this is one of Kalani's better teams. And I and I do feel like Utah kind of reloads reloads now, but there would have been so many question marks. And to play that game as the first game of the year, I know it would have been close. I know it would have been head scratcher, but I probably would lean towards Utah just because they've won every one of those close games. And I, yep, I it's just hard. Hater. I have to I have to <laughs> pick I have to pick Utah until BYU wins another one. I, I'll probably pick them every year until finally BYU breaks through, and then. Then I'll have to be a little bit more reasonable, but I just feel like there's some sort of a a mental game going on there that BYU doesn't think they can beat them in their head. Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't say uh, you know until BYU beats them when I'm 100 years old. Add in your biases, <laughs> so obvious, so obvious. I can see it. Don't hide it. PK, Please. you've always been such a huge fan of BYU. I, I don't expect anything but this from you. No, I can like honestly say. Growing up on Tioga Avenue in Precipity, New Jersey, I was the only BYU fan on my block. <laughs> That's honest. You're being honest with us. <laughs> I want to ask you something that, you know, I've been watching. They've been having high school football on. And, you know, right now, uh, like on last Saturday, I think they had like 12 hours. And then yeah. on Friday they had the Corner Canyon Bingham game, right? And and I've got a connection to Corner Canyon, longtime Charger fan. I've been a Corner Canyon fan for 15 years. It's weird because you now. used to call them Coral Canyon until your connection became. Okay, you and know, you know uh, what's <laughs> funny? You, I'm going to get sidetracked here, but you'll laugh at this. Okay. So, right, my connection has just been the last few years, right? So, right. Uh, in March, we're down at uh, we're down at St. George. And my wife says, hey, Corner Canyon is playing in a baseball tournament here at Pine View High School. We played golf. We got some time in the afternoon. You want to go over to watch them play? And I said, sure, yeah. And so we go yeah. over there and uh, sit down. I'm sitting right there in the bleachers, and they're in the third base dugout. Guy looks at me and says, you're PK, right? I said, yeah, yeah. He says, well, what are you doing here? I thought you hated these guys, you always call them Coral Canyon instead of Corner Canyon. <laughs> and I said, no, that's Riley Jensen. He hated him, and he made me call him. Oh, you <laughs> went with it. That's where you went with nice. it. Nice. Okay. okay, okay. Well played, PK, when I can't defend myself down there. <laughs> So, I did get an opportunity to watch high school baseball before the season ended, and and I felt for those guys for sure, as we all did in all the sports. Corner Canyon sure has it rolling right now. Yeah, okay, so I'm watching the game, right? And then I see this this quarterback, uh, the kid named Dart, and they're going on about him, and he just looks good, looks, looks great. And then earlier in the week, this week, I see that uh, ASU offers them, right? And right. so my thought for you is how do you evaluate quarterbacks at the high school level when they're getting like eight seconds to throw and the first <laughs> option always seems to be open? And can you really get a true evaluation? How do you do that? And, and I've actually been asking coaches this week at the college level, how do you do that? 
And I, you're basically a college-level coach. You don't do it, but you play the position, and you run the camps, and you've been doing this for a long time. So it's essentially asking a college coach when I ask you is how difficult it is in those situations to be able to evaluate a quarterback. Well, there's, I mean, there's there's more to just being wide open. I mean, when it, when it comes to college coaching, I think a lot of these guys are also they're they're. They're looking for these guys to pass the eye test. And when you watch Jackson Dart on Friday night against Bingham, and I watched, I watched the whole game. I have a connection to them. Brandon, his dad, and I played against each other way back in the day. Um, and, and I've known these guys for a long time. And he's been a starter at Roy High School. When I was at Alta, we played against him. And you could just see that he had some serious tools when he didn't have anybody around him. But one one of the things that I that I think college coaches and and I don't think this is a fair evaluation, but this is what I think college coaches think. They look at the game and they go, "Does he look like a Division One player? Does he look like he stands out?" And I think right now Jackson Dart stands out more than any player in the state. Um, but you know, you know, you do bring up the point. He has like eight seconds to throw, and I've watched Coach Care, and I'm I'm friends with Coach Care, so I don't think he'll get. I mean, he's been ripping Jackson for holding on to the ball too long. I mean, he has been <laughs> ripping him. Like, there's been a couple of holding penalties where he's blaming it on Jackson, not the offensive line. He's like, get rid of the ball. What are you doing? Right? You could see that and, during the timeouts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can. And um, what I like, one of the things that I like about Jackson, if I was a college coach, is I see Coach Care rip him, and then he drives down the field in a minute and 44 seconds and throws a touchdown. And so there's a lot of things that go into evaluating a quarterback, but it's true. He has a ton of time to throw. He has unbelievable wide receivers. That's just a really, really good program and a really good team right now. But here's what I would say. If I was watching Jackson Dart, in, in all of my years of watching high school football, the one thing that I can say that stands out from any, any high school uh, quarterback that I've watched, it's the quickest release from the time he puts his back foot in the ground to the time it comes out of his hand, it's the quickest release I've seen in high school football. And it's, it's really kind of fun to watch. Because by the time he decides to throw it, when his back foot hits the ground, it's, it, I mean, look, he's not Dan Marino, but it, it, there's some, some parts of it that remind me of that because it comes out so quick and so, and so accurate when he's throwing the ball. So he he is uh, enamored with Arizona State right now, but they tend to bring in three quarterbacks a year. So my guess is that all of the local schools who were interested in him before are still interested in him now because they think there's a decent chance that if someone else were to win the job, he might be a bounce-back kid. We've seen kids transfer and come back to the state of Utah before. So... I don't think the interest level drops in him. Uh, it's just kind of like they hit pause and think, okay, we're going to have to circle back and see how this plays out. Yeah, I don't think I don't think Arizona State's the end-all, be-all for him. I mean, I, uh, you know, apologies to the big BYU fan, um, PK, but I don't think, you know, that, that Arizona State is that much better of an offer than, you know, BYU. But I know you're a big fan of both of those teams and have been forever. So, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. he might, he, you know, Utah State might have to worry about it a little, but they'll continue to recruit him for, for a bounce-back type option, you know. And I, I think what this does, though, is it opens it up. Jackson Dart will now get a much more focused look by teams like the University of Utah, by teams like, 
Cal Berkeley, by you know all the Pac-10 teams or Pac-12 teams, and then maybe there's somebody like Texas Tech that comes in and takes a, a harder look at him with Matt Wells' connection to here and just says, hey, is this a guy that can play at, at, at this P5 level? So I think to, to his credit, he's played really well at the first of the year, and oftentimes college coaches are like, hey, we're, you're on our list. We're watching you. We want to watch these first three, four games to decide what we're going to do. And he's knocked it out of the park in his first three, four games. So I could really see him getting probably like four more P5 offers, and then and then he'll have to settle in and kind of decide what he's going to do. Yeah, my intent of the question was not to focus on any individual high school kid. It was more general. Uh, on how you do it because you look at somebody like Jake Heaps and I saw him play in high school and it was the same type of deal you know and he was having big time receivers pack 10 receivers back 12 receivers at the time would be able to run down the field and they'd always be open and so it just seemed like evaluating this position is so difficult because it's unlike any position that we have on the field basically one of the guys in my conversations this past week was telling me that's why you can't you cannot go on film you have to see them in person and these things that you're looking for that you talked about that you just said you know the eye test and you have to see about uh, body positions and arm angles because when you get to the college level that you just don't know how it's going to translate because what you draw up on the chalkboard a lot of times doesn't work and you've got to be able to do things under pressure that cannot be simulated and the only way they can be uh, basically known is when it actually happens so it seems like it's a very complicated position to evaluate oh i think so but i think i think one of the things you can do and i know we're not singling out one player but with jackson dart you can go to his Roy film his junior year and watch him get hit under the chin every time he throws the ball and see how he does. And uh, He was still considered a really good quarterback then. He didn't have all the guys around him. So I think that kind of happens. But when you when you have a dominant team like Bingham has had over the years, like Corner Canyon is building now, and really Corner Canyon is, is building one of the more dominant runs ever in the history of Utah. I mean, 29 games in a row. I mean, those great Skyline teams didn't do that. Those great Bingham teams didn't do that. And I just felt like those teams won every freaking game. And so you start looking around, and you're like, man. But but when you when you watch somebody, it's, it's not hard to see that, like, Jackson Powers White is down the field just, just pancaking people. And it's not hard to see Cody Hagan running all over the field, making blocks for Noah Care. I mean – there are some things that you can evaluate that are just great team plays and great hustle plays that are going on. And, you know, I asked Coach Care about Corner Canyon. I'm like, what's different about coaching at Corner Canyon than, than other high schools that you coached at? And he said, it's effort. You know, it's it, I don't have to coach effort. And he goes, it makes it really easy to coach when you don't have to coach effort all the time. And I, I thought that was a really interesting um, comment from him about Corner Canyon, and they're they're fun to watch. It's a really good program. So BYU and Navy Monday night. Who's going to win that game? I mean, I just I, I if BYU really is the team that everybody said they were going to be, and 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 that this is a really really good team. Like I, I just don't know how you can pick against BYU. I mean, um, you you've got returning starters, you've got 
receivers, you've got running backs, you've got offensive line, you've got defensive returning starters. Um, I know that I know that there was a big injury with with Bushman, which is really really sad for him and his family and for BYU. But I just feel like I, I just can't pick against BYU right now, knowing what we've known about the team in the past. Moving forward, this should be a big year for Zach Wilson. I mean, I he should be able to step up <coughs> and have a junior year that is. You know that rivals some of the junior years of the the BYU greats, and hopefully he'll stay healthy. So, so to me, I, I there's there's not a game on BYU schedule that I I, I kind of don't feel like they should win, or and there's definitely not one that I don't think that they could win. Yeah, I would agree with all that. I've been a believer in Wilson. I've had people in my ear tell me this kid is really good, and I've got no problem talking about individual college quarterbacks versus individual high school quarterbacks. I want to shy away from that. But the college quarterbacks, you know, it's it's game on when it comes to this. And I believe in his ability. I haven't quite seen it yet. I don't think it's transpired to the level that I anticipated. And there's various reasons and injuries being a factor and all that stuff. But all all that is behind him now. And it doesn't look like the competition is the greatest, and it's not going to be as good as it originally was expected with the schedule that they had had. Unfortunately, they can't play. So my thought for you, I'm expecting him to have a big, big-time season. How about you? Yeah, and I think I, I, I don't think there's any question that there, there's, there's a thought from a lot of us that he should have a big season. Um, I hate to put the word should on people. I hate to should all over people because it's just not – it's not That's appropriate. That's but, I would, <laughs> but I would say, I would say that the way that he's going to do that is with with better consistency, right? I mean, he's shown us flashes, he's shown us games that are just unbelievable. But we need to string a lot of those games together, and we need to string lots of completions together and drives together. And I think. If you look back at the history of BYU, which I, you know, I grew up in Utah, and, and BYU quarterbacks were were huge on my mind growing up. But the the difference between the great ones and the good ones at BYU was not were all of them talented. Did they have the ability to play in the NFL? Were they? It was the consistency, game in and game out. Of you know, it's not you know, what am I going to get this week? It's going to be no. You're you're pretty much going to get if. If Zach Wilson completes 65% of his passes this year, then he should really be 6 out of 10, 7 out of 10 to start the game every game, and 6 out of 10, 7 out of 10 to end the game every game. And it should be consistent all the way through. And I I think that's what the great ones do. Uh, we, we all love the flash in the pan. We all love him jumping and hurling over somebody and then knocking the next guy down and staring him down. And we love the big throw at Tennessee because it shows you the flashes of what he can be. But I want him, if, if I were talking to Zach today, I want you to bore me with completions. Just bore me with completions all over the place. And I think that's what will, will help his legacy and help those big numbers to take place. It's just every day, just bore me with just tons of completions. And, and then when the flashy plays come, great. But just bore me with just over and over and over again, good, solid plays that you're supposed to hit. It's funny you say the word about should because I was talking to some people the other day from Utah State and they were saying that when you played quarterback up there that you really were a pile of should. (laughs) Wah, wah, wah. (laughs) 
<laughs> hey, you the, brought the it up. Thing, <laughs> listen, the good thing, the good thing about um, the comment that you just made is none of those guys were there when I was playing. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we should go to break, but one last okay. thing we have to touch on here to Yach's dismay because he's looking at the clock. Uh, the BYU defense. You know, there was a time when, because of the Mountain West Conference schedule, you know, BYU and Utah saw Air Force all the time. We saw it twice a year. It's like we felt like we were getting up to speed on Air Force and what needed to be done. But now if you haven't seen an option for a while, how is BYU going to handle Navy? And Navy doesn't have, you know, they, they had a great quarterback, but he's gone. So now they got to break in a guy. So that was always a factor at Air Force, whether they had a new quarterback or an experienced quarterback. But how do you think BYU is going to handle the option, and are we going to look up and see that they've given up, you know, 295 yards rushing and a couple of long drives, and they can't get off the field late in the game when the offense really has it rolling, and they can't get the ball back to them? How's that going to work out? So, t- two two things, and I'll, I'll be as quick as I can. One is, a lot of teams that are running shotgun and spread are running a spread option, which is a version of this game. So it's not as different as it used to be to look at these concepts and and play against these concepts now the, and so I think BYU will adjust well because so many of these read option teams these are just their option their option um, type plays they're just out of the shotgun so teams are a little bit more used to playing that type of football now the only thing that I worry about with BYU is they're not traditionally um, really good man to man and if they fall asleep. When you play against a wishbone team, when you play against an option team, you have to play a considerable amount of man-to-man because all of this about stopping the fullback and stopping the quarterback and stopping the tailback is man-to-man oriented. And if you fall asleep and if your corner gets bad eye discipline, then all of a sudden they're behind you with a deep post or they're behind you with a streak, and those can be daggers. And that's, that's where a wishbone team becomes a little bit scary so that's what you need to watch for are the cornerbacks being disciplined in their man-to-man coverage and not getting their eyes caught in the backfield and the action that's going on in the backfield riley as always we should have you on again i would love it i would love it all right next week we'll talk to you riley thanks a lot talk to you soon riley jetson our college football insider join us every week right here on 97.5 at 1280 the zone